0: No Direction's Gen Con 2019 seminar coverage is brought to you by Roll for Combat's new Fall of Plagestone Pathfinder 2E actual play podcast. Featuring Stephen Glicker, Jason McDonald, Rob Tremarco, and No Direction's own Lauren Sig and Vanessa Hoskins. Find it and other Pathfinder and Starfinder podcasts, interviews, and reviews at
1: rollforcombat.com.
2: No Direction presents our Gen Con 2019 seminar coverage in partnership with Pazzo. We'd like to thank our seminar team, Lauren Sieg, James Ballad, Vanessa Hoskins, and me, Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param. We'd also like to thank Peyton Smith from Paizo for helping getting this produced. This content and more great seminar coverage, as well as Pathfinder and Starfinder content, is available at nodirectionpodcast.com.
0: Sweet. That's pretty good.
1: And hey, af- after the after
3: battle, this, we we're marching you down it. to the booth. I'm sorry, it's, it's
0: the way this works. We are live right now. Oh, hello oh, everyone. Hey okay. Hi. It's we one of those moments where they're like, oh, by the way, you're live right now.
3: <laughs> Just always assume you're live, Jason.
0: I, I am always live, kind okay. of. There All right, go. hello everyone, and welcome to the second uh, 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 edition of... Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Oh, this is awkward. Oh, no. So this is the second time we have run this. This is uh, creating your first Pathfinder 2nd Edition character. Uh, Hi, I am Jason Bullman. I'm the director of game design at Paizo, uh, and today we are going to be making a character. Uh, and showing you how to do it and how easy it is. I guarantee you, by the end of this seminar, we will have a completed character. But before we begin, uh, I'm going to let the table introduce themselves. And and here to my left is Logan. Ba- no, wait.
3: No. No. All right. Logan couldn't make it, so you oh. stuck with me.
0: Oh, great.
1: <laughs> and you are.
3: I'm Linda Zeis Palmer. I am a developer for Organized Play.
1: And I'm Mark Seifter. I'm a designer. That means that along with Jason, Logan, and Steven, we were the four leads on the new edition of the game. The four
0: horsemen of the... Wait, no. Okay. Uh, (laughs)
1: Wait, which one is which? uh,
0: I think that's pretty easy to figure out. All right. Um, (laughs) I'm clearly pestilence. Uh, So um, what we're going to be doing here today is walking you through the character creation process and showing you just how simple it is. Now... To do this, we're going to be making a character, and I didn't want that character to go to waste, so I had you all roll a die. None of you got a 20, though, because you're all bad gamers. But, Skylar got a 19. So we're going to be creating Skylar's first Pathfinder 2nd Edition character. You get this character at the end, and uh, you get to play it. Last time that went great. Okay, so... (laughs) Uh, Before we get too deep into this, I want to talk to everybody about kind of what this process is. The great thing about Pathfinder 2nd Edition is that we've made character generation a smooth and clean process. We call it the ABCs. You have to pick your ancestry, your background, and your class. And that is the heart of creating a character in Pathfinder 2nd Edition. That defines your character uh, and uh, really helps shape them. Uh, And within each one of those choices, you're going to get a multitude of additional choices that help you further refine your character concept and bring that character to life. But really, ABCs is, is kind of the big steps. They're the most important pieces. Now, normally, we would start out by creating a character concept. We would sit around, maybe in a group with everyone else, and come up with a character concept. But because this is a live event, and that, that, that wouldn't be too fun, we're just going to make it up as we go along, uh, based on all of your choices. So what's going to happen is, whenever we need to make choices, I'm just going to point at someone, uh, or you raise your hand, I will call on you, and you will make the choice. I'm going to try and make sure nobody gets called on twice, though, so that everyone can help build Skyler's awesome character, whatever that is. <laughs> So, why don't we start and uh, get things up and
1: running here. So normally, we would pick an Ancestry first, but because we're using the deluxe character sheets where we have a special one for each class, and I'm going to be writing it down as we go along, I need to know which sheet to pick. So we want, need to know which class. And there's one additional restriction on all of you today. Uh, there are 12 classes in uh, the second edition of Pathfinder, Uh, We did this once before and it was a bard, therefore I used the special bespoke spellcasting sheet already that was from this pack, so you need to not pick a spellcaster.
0: So yeah, basically don't pick a cleric, druid, sorcerer, or wizard or bard.
1: Yeah, we'll deal with it if it's a champion or something like that. So,
0: who wants to decide what the character is? You were first. Monk. Monk.
1: Monk. Okay. Congrats Skylar,
0: you're going to be playing a monk. All right, so grab the monk character sheet. Um, now, now, normally this is a decision we might make a little later, although technically part of your concept can be like, oh, I want to play a dwarf monk or something like that, right? So,
1: Or like um, your concept could be based on pop culture. <laughs> it's like, I want to be a dwarf who fights like Jackie Chan or something like that. Yeah,
0: sure. Hits people in the face with ladders. It's great. Oh. Um, okay, so um, we have the monk character sheet, but let's go back now to step two.
1: All right. That's actually where I record the starting ability scores, which I've already done. So we can go to step three and select an ancestry.
0: All right. So the new version of Pathfinder has uh, six ancestries in it. There is dwarf, gnome, elf, uh, halfling, goblin, and human. Uh, The human also has half-elf and half-orc in it. So who wants to pick the ancestry? Right there. Dwarf, dwarf. Okay. We're, you're you're playing a dwarf monk. This is gonna go great.
3: <laughs> <Okay>.
0: <laughs> All right.
1: So why don't you get us to the dwarf All right. page? Oh, ready? So now they have to pick a heritage among the dwarves. Among the dwarves. All right. What's our heritage choices? Let's Linda?
3: see. So we could be an ancient blooded dwarf who calls upon magical resistance from their. Ancestors. We could be a Death Warden Dwarf, whose ancestors were tomb guardians for generations. We could be a Forge Dwarf, with a remarkable ability to adapt to hot environments. We could be a Rock Dwarf, whose ancestors lived and worked among the great ancient stones of the mountains. Or we could be a Strong-Blooded Dwarf, who's good at shaking off toxins of all forms.
0: Alright, who's picking? Uh, right there. Death Warden Dwarf. So we have a Monk. Whose ancestors guarded ancient tombs. All right. That sounds like a good start. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. So uh, going back, though, to ancestry, there's a number of things that we have to do uh, in addition to that. We're going to want to note the hit points that you get from the ancestry. You'll get more from your class later and some from your constitution. But you're going to get some for being a dwarf, and that's ten. Um, your size, medium, speed, 20. And this is where we first start recording our ability boosts. Now, let's talk a little bit about how ability score generation works in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, because it's not quite the same as it was in 1st Edition. You build your ability scores as you make your choices. So all of your ability scores start out as 10. Then what happens is, as you go through the process, you get boosts and you can get flaws. When you get boosts, Um, Basically, what that'll do is it'll increase your ability score by two. When you get a flaw, it'll drop it by two. So the, the dwarf gets two automatically. It gets Constitution and Wisdom. And it gets one free one as well. We'll deal with that in just a second. But it also gets a ability flaw in Charisma. So generally speaking, you want to have a piece of scratch paper. Write down a boost for Constitution, a boost for Wisdom, and a flaw for Charisma. Now, I did mention you get one free boost. The only restriction on the free boost is that it can't go into con or wisdom, because you already got a boost during this step. So that means it has to go into strength, dexterity, uh, intelligence, or charisma. So over there, charisma. So that'll cancel out the charisma flaw and put you back to 10. So there you go. You're not a, you're not a horridly wretched, unsocial dwarf monk. <laughs> you're, uh, you're, you're now back to just kind of being average.
3: You're an average tomb guardian dwarf. That's mark. right, that's
0: right. All right, so let's, uh, not quite yet, stay at the dwarf.
1: All right, stay at the yep, dwarf. Yep, we still have to pick yeah. one ancestry feat from the six dwarven first level ancestry feats. All right,
0: so, Linda, why don't you sum up those for us?
3: Sounds good. So are you a dwarf with dwarven lore who eagerly absorb the old stories and traditions of your ancestors, your gods, and your people, perhaps also their traditions in garden tombs, are you do you have Dwarven weapon familiarity so that you can use some of the dwarf weapons being trained in the Battleaxe Pick and Warhammer? Are you a rock runner whose innate connection to stone makes you adept at running across uneven surfaces and ignoring the difficult terrain they provide? Do you have stone cunning, the ability to notice strange, um, strange and unusual things in stonework? And you might notice some things even if you're not actively looking for them with that ability. You have unburdened iron, the ability to move quickly and efficiently in armor without having it impede your movement. Or do you have vengeful hatred for one of the ancestral foes of the the dwarves, drow, dwarf, giants, or orcs?
0: So, uh, as part of picking your ancestry, you get to pick one ancestry feat at first level. And what's that going to be? I think I saw the hand right over there. Rock runner. We have a rock running monk dwarf. Who hates undead? All right. Yes. Um, it's all coming together now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, we would also write down, you know, that you have dark vision, and uh, that's something you also get from being a dwarf. Um, but other than that, we've kind of done the ancestry. That was it. You you pick your ancestry, you pick a heritage, you pick a feat, and you're done. But those kind of speak to what type of character you're trying to build. In this case, uh, you know, a rock running uh, undead. Uh, uh, resisting dwarf.
1: So Who's a little more charismatic than usual for a dwarf and maybe not quite as good at fighting.
0: Yeah. So, next up, we are going to pick a background. Now, i oh, sorry, is that the next step? Yeah, that's yeah. the next yeah. step. Yeah. just There's
1: just too many for us to read them, so we'll need someone to raise their hand and give a general idea, and then we'll pick the background that best matches that.
3: Yep.
0: Uh, so, let's go over
3: here. Circus We've got that. Uh, well, perhaps yeah. an acrobat then?
1: Um, yeah, they get circus lore as their lore skill. So that's... Uh, or entertainer potentially as well. No, they have theater lore. So yeah, circus performer no. could be... Ac-
0: no? Yeah, well, th- there isn't a circus performer, but there is an acrobat. Yeah, yeah. acrobat has yeah. circus lore. Yeah. yeah. So let's it literally go with, says yeah. in a circus around Acro- the streets in the first place. Acrobat list. it is. Okay. So uh, what I'm now starting to see <laughs> is a dwarf that came from a long lineage in Last Wall, or what's left of it, um, of, like, watching ancient tombs and guarding over the de- undead. But not your character. You ran off and joined the circus.
1: <laughs> well, I have good news, which is that we're n- they're not going to be able to just keep boosting your charisma this time. You do get either strength or dexterity, which up to this point you have not raised and are used for accuracy.
0: Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> Uh, you are going to get, uh, with uh, with the uh, acrobat, you are going to get uh, two boosts. One of them has to be in strength or dexterity. So let's pick that one first. Dex. Okay. Now, you also have a free boost. This one cannot go into dex, but it can go into anything else. Constitution. All right. All right. Now, Our, what else do you get with uh, being an acrobat?
3: What else do you get with an acrobat? You, get, you are trained in the acrobatic skill and the circus lore skill. You gain the steady, balance skill feat. So, oh, yeah, as each... well as rock runner. Yeah, it does. The rock runner, not only does the rock runner ignore difficult terrain, but the rock runner also is particularly good at balancing on uneven surfaces and narrow surfaces, perhaps, that are made of stone. I wonder if they have a stone-based acrobat act. Like, what is it, a stone-tight rope? You can't really do that. A balance beam, maybe? Maybe. or they just,
0: Or they just, they just put up their tent around a rocky surface and you just <laughs> jump around it. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So we've picked our ancestry and our background. Now, we've already chosen our class. So the next step is kind of already taken care of, and that is literally just pick your class. You don't quite jump right into doing all your class choices just yet because before we do that, we need to finalize out your ability scores. So when we decided to be a monk... You get one boost from your class. And I believe with monk, it's either strength or dex, your choice. Yes. So,
1: right now, before going into this, we do have one in dex so far, and we don't have any in strength so far.
0: Yeah. Both stats are important to a monk.
1: Sure. But monks can use one or the other to attack with. So, in theory, it would be good for the monk to have more in, in, in the same one, but we'll see what they actually get all
0: right so we're going to pick one boost here in strength or decks. i saw the hand back there first dex it all is right. lots of decks. <laughs> all right so the final bit that we use to figure out the last piece of the puzzle for your ability scores is to assign four more boosts these are all free but none of them can you can't double up anywhere so you're going to get four more ability boosts these speak to what your character finally grew up to be where your aptitudes were and where they aren't. Now, instead of picking four ability scores, let's pick the two that we're not going to get boosts in just because it's easier. So uh, uh, there's two ability scores that we're not getting boosts in. What are they? I saw a hand over here. We're not getting a boost in charisma and we are not getting a boost in, right there, intelligence. Intelligence. So we're getting a boost in strength, dex, con, and wisdom. Right. All right. So that allows us to finalize out the ability scores, and they are?
1: They are 12 Strength, 16 Dexterity, 16 Constitution, 10 Intelligence, 14 Wisdom, and 10 Charisma. Awesome. All
0: right. So now we go to the monk, and it's time for us to figure out what uh what the monk all gets. Now, the first thing you're going to do is uh the front spread of each class— On the right-hand side, in a column, are all of your base proficiencies. These are all of the things that you got proficient in uh, by deciding to become a monk. Now, proficiencies in the new game mean everything. Your proficiency is basically the core piece of bonus that you get to anything that you do. And the, the way we figure that out is the same no matter what we're talking about. So, proficiency comes in five grades. There's untrained, which means you're terrible at it. You have no training at it, and you're not good at it. Your bonus for that is zero. Uh, There is trained. Your bonus for that, it means you have basic competency. Your bonus for that is your level plus two. So, at first level, that's going to be a three. Uh, Then there is expert, level plus four. Master, level plus six. And legend, level plus eight. Now, first-level characters aren't legendary in anything uh, except for maybe dying. Do they get a bonus in dying? Let's say yes. <laughs> um,
1: first-level monks sure are expert in a lot of things. That is and true. It's, it's filled in for me on this sheet here. There's a lot. Yeah, so
0: the sheets already, if you're using the the sheets from the character folio, we pre-filled in your first-level uh, choices to make character generation really easy. But just so that you all understand what they are, let's go ahead and go through them.
3: A monk is trained in perception is expert at all three saving throws, fortitude, reflex, and will. They are trained in simple weapons. They are trained in unarmed attacks. They are untrained in all armor, but they are an expert at unarmored defense. And they are trained in their monk class DCs, so the DCs for their monk abilities. They're also going to be trained in a number of skills equal to four plus their intelligence modifier, which I which believe is zero. zero. So, so a total of four skills.
0: So we're going to be training in four skills. We'll get to that in just a second. You're also going to get more hit points, ten plus constitution modifier. So we got ten for being a dwarf, ten for being a monk. We're at twenty plus our con modifier, which I believe is going to give us a starting hit point total of twenty-three. Twenty-three. We've got
1: sixteen constitution.
0: Awesome. That's a lot of hit points for a monk, but you're going to need them because you're going to get beat up a lot. All right. Um, so the next thing we should probably do is pick those skills. Let's get those sorted out. So um, there are a, a whole bunch of skills in the game. Um,
1: oh yeah, we had them up. We had them up here last
0: time. I'm going to run through the list real quick just so everybody has them, and then we'll pick four. Acrobatics. You've already
3: got that.
1: Got that. You can. We got
0: that one for free. Arcana, Athletics, Crafting, Deception. Diplomacy, intimidation, uh, a wide variety of lores, medicine, nature, occultism, performance, religion, society, stealth, survival, and thievery. We're getting four of those. So, first hand, right there. Intimidation. Doesn't have a lot of con, but still kind of scary. Or charisma. It's not a penalty, at least. Yeah, right there. Occultism. You learn weird stuff at the circus. That is true. <laughs> Performance while you were in a circus. So, I mean, this is all playing out well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to only get one more, and it is going to be thievery. Once again, <laughs> circus. Um,
1: all right. Notable absence, religion, the skull used to know about undead from your ancestors. Who Yeah, you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't take up any on that. You, yeah. and,
0: and I'm assuming, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming that uh, performance is like, uh, you know, scary knife tricks. That's what, <laughs> all right. So we've picked all your skills. Those are all trained and we'll be doing some math and figuring out what the actual bonuses are here in just a bit. But I for got them
1: already. I they're all mean. either six or three. Yeah. Well, they're going to be 5 or 3. Um, why? Well, oh, Sorry, none three... of them are master. Sorry, yeah, you know Sorry, no, yeah. 3 dexterity and 3 proficiency for acrobats and thievery. The others, they picked all intelligence and charisma skills, which are the two that are at 10. So ah. they <laughs> have only a total of plus 3. You, th- you were thinking proficiency when I said 3. No, that's the total modifier because oh. they bought into no wisdom skills.
3: Well, you know the character
0: went <laughs> Well, the character we know we're we're rapidly figuring out why you left the circus. Um,
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you joined it and then we're kicked out. All right. <laughs> um, all right. So the next thing, uh, looking into the monk, we're going to get a number of abilities. So why don't we flip back to they they got a lot of abilities, abilities. and uh, let's talk about that first one there.
3: Talk about flurry of blows. So, Flurry of Blows is your fast punch, as you've seen in first edition, where it takes you only one action to make two strikes against your opponents.
1: Yeah.
0: So that is a super cool ability. That's kind of like one of the signature abilities for the monk that they get at first level. Um, You get a number of other abilities as well. Um, You know, you get your initial proficiencies, and you also get powerful fist. Um, This makes your fists deadly weapons that deal a d6, um, and uh, you don't take the kind of standard penalties that other people do when they attack with uh, with their fists So uh, basically it just makes your your hands lethal weapons <laughs> So I mean, you know after you left the circus you were probably taken in by some wandering monk uh, Who taught you who, who saw promise in your circus abilities? Uh, but uh, you know, you probably lacked discipline and they needed to train you properly So uh, the next thing we're going to do is we get one monk feet
1: There's eight possibilities.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of starting possibilities for monks. Uh, But many of these will really start to dictate where your character goes in the future. But the great part is those choices aren't fully set. You can decide later to take a different path if you want. However, you only get one at first level. So uh, why don't we sum up what those are?
3: All right. Well, we have quite a few here that are different stances that you can take. Do you want to talk about what a stance
0: is? Sure. So the stances are uh, you spend an action to enter the stance. And once you're in the stance, you get a set number of bonuses. And the stances are all themed in different ways. It's kind of like being in a, uh, you know, it's kind of like a martial arts philosophy, right? You know, if you if you think about like, oh, he's, he's doing drunken style versus, you know, whatever. Um, uh, All of those stances um, come together uh, to make our uh, kind of the list of choices that you have. There are actually a fair number of them at first level. There are five
1: five out of eight, eight, two key spells, and then monastic weaponry if you use weapons. However, two of those five stances, dragon stance and mountain stance, are entirely strength based. So I want to give Skylar a mulligan and not allow anybody to pick those two <laughs> because you, you kind of build a dexterity based monk. That still leaves yeah. three We've possible chosen
0: st- this for you. You're just terrible. It's fine. Enjoy your first character. You're bad. We,
1: we've still cho- we still have three possible stances to take. Mm-hmm. The crane stance which is defensive, the tiger stance which is all about bleed damage and and taking long striding steps, the wolf stance which is about flanking your enemies to do more damage. Plus, monastic weaponry, where you use monk weapons instead of your fists. Key rush, where you use the power of key to like, move twice in a single action, because you can already punch twice, so why not that? And key strike, where you boost up one of your flurry of blows so that both of the punches um, are more powerful. So those are the choices. So, and
0: interestingly enough, all the stances also give you special types of attack as well. Like, you know, the tiger stance gives you uh, tiger claw. Uh, yep. Crane Stance gives you uh Crane Wing. Anybody remember that from first edition? Anyway, uh, <laughs> Yeah.
1: Well, the in fact the special attacks of Dragon and Mountain are not finesseable, and they can't use dexterity. That's actually the reason why yeah. I said No, that's why you don't want those, because
0: you would be you would be absolutely terrible at them. Mm-hmm. Um Alright, so uh we get to pick a feat. This is super important. Yeah, you Skylar, by the way, you don't get any choices. Uh <laughs> back there.
1: Wolf, wolf stance. stance. That's a great choice. You
3: enter the stance of a wolf. Low to the ground with your hands held out like fang teeth.
1: All right, nice. So that uh, and that gives give you the wolf jaws attack.
0: The wolf jaw attack, which is, uh, it does a D8 piercing. Uh, it is in the brawling group. It is agile, backstabber, finesse, non-lethal, and unarmed.
1: It's honestly one of the most powerful agile attacks in the game. Yeah, it's really mm-hmm. good
3: what
0: does this backstabber mean? Uh, backstabber means that when you're flanking someone, uh, or is it when they're flat-footed?
1: When they're fl- um, when they're flat-footed. When they're
0: flat-footed, you deal an extra one point of damage.
1: Uh, at this level, yes, but yeah. it eventually goes it up eventually to eventually goes up to two. Yeah.
0: So you get a little extra damage whenever you're flanking anybody. It's like a it's like a smaller version of sneak attack that you get on some weapons just because that's how they work. So we've picked your feet. Uh, we're we're almost done, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and I do really mean that. We're nearly done creating this character. Uh, all of those initial proficiency choices are being filled in now. I can see Mark working on those real quick. Uh, so at this point in time, we now know what your saving throws are because we learned that you were an expert in all saves. So your base on those is five plus whatever ability modifier you get. That's it for those. For the skills, once again. All the things you're trained in, you get a three, and then we add your ability modifier, so they're all either six or three. Um, uh, for your attacks, much the same way. You're trained in these attacks. They'll be at your level plus two, so that's three. Plus, because it's an agile weapon, or a finesseable weapon, uh, your claw is, your your wolf bang? Wolf claw?
1: Wolf jaw. Wolf jaw.
0: Wolf jaw. jaw. You're, you're, um uh yeah those 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 will all be using your decks, so uh, you know those are going to be at a bonus of six, which is pretty good. and uh, you know, all of your other statistics are coming together. I believe the next step in character generation is actually buying equipment. Oh, yeah, now we've made this a little easier we uh, we We've built uh equipment kits in the book, and to prevent us from sitting here going through every piece of equipment in the book, um, what we will do instead is give you the base kit. We'll start with that. So you get the monk kit. This costs 4 gold, 9 silver, has 4 bulk uh and 2 light. Um and it gives you a long spear and a staff. Uh the adventurer's pack which has like rope and rations and and simple stuff. Uh rations. Uh a climbing kit, a grappling hook and a lesser smoke stick so that you can like Get out of there. Ninja smoke. Uh, so, uh, but you do still have 10 gold and 2 silver left over. So let's buy 4 more pieces of equipment for our monk. Now, you are already at 4 bulk. Uh, and strength stayed is 12.
1: Uh, yes. So, so you, got, can, you got can a hold little bit of to, space <laughs> onto a total of 5 bulk and 9 light. Now, if you'd had that unburdened iron um, feature from earlier on, the dwarf, you could actually just over encumber yourself and not worry about it as much. But you don't. But you uh, don't. So,
0: so I'm going to go around and let's, uh, let's buy four more pieces of equipment for this character.
1: Oh, and to keep in mind, um, the skills that the character has are acrobatics, intimidation, circus lore, occultism, performance, and thievery.
0: So there's some interesting choices in there. Oh, yes. Thieves, thieves tools. tools,
3: excellent. We can certainly right. afford those.
1: You got where I was going. Okay. So the
0: thieves tools is three of the remaining ten gold to silver.
3: Thieves tools is also super lightweight.
0: Yeah, has a bulk of light, so we're still uh, in in good shape there. That's one thing. Obviously, you would need thieves tools. You're trained in thievery. A disguise, a disguise kit. disguise
3: kit, yes. We can pick that up as well.
0: That is two gold pieces. Uh, also has bulk of light. So, see, they're, they're helping you out. Yeah. They're helping you out. <laughs> a healer's kit.
3: Healer's tools. All right. That's five gold pieces, and that yeah. has a bulk of one.
1: Okay. okay. We're still okay. We're
0: still okay, but we're mm-hmm. now nearly out of money.
1: Although we we're... don't actually have medicine, but we do have a healer's kit just in case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. For, something... for other people to use well, on you yes. when you've been knocked there's out. There are some things you can do untrained. Yeah, yeah. And the character is just as good at untrained medicine as she is at like half her skills because her win- <laughs> <laughs> oh no not quite 14 wisdom it's close alright so so uh, we only get one
0: more thing and this thing I believe has to be kind of cheap because yeah. I think mm-hmm. we've spent 10 of the gold um, we... Well,
1: you, you just spent 5, 2 and 1 right you have 2 gold 2 silver left
0: All right, so I one think. more item
1: yeah. Oh, no, no, you spent three. And... Right there. You? Yeah. yeah. A cowbell. Cowbell. Okay. You actually had spent ten. You were right, Jason. Yeah. So you only have two mm-hmm. silver, but a cowbell can probably fit. Uh,
3: let's see. We'll cowbell? call that a handheld, hand-held musical, musical instrument? instrument.
1: Yep. <laughs> can you have four. But it's eight silver,
3: silver pieces.
1: You don't quite have enough. No no no. We'll
3: we'll yeah. we'll make an
0: exception here. Because it's it's not even it's not even a big enough musical instrument. It's way too small for
1: that, right? Okay. I mean that that's also one bulk.
0: There's no way a bell is one bulk.
1: So okay. what is
3: this, a rusty cowbell? We'll just
1: say a rusty cowbell and we'll put it in there and we'll say it's light bulk.
3: Yep. And yeah. And
1: that it's not the greatest. Yeah, no, it's terrible. <laughs> I'll put a parenthesis. Not the greatest. No. Was this
3: rusty cowbell part of the old circus act, or is this a new acquisition?
0: No, it, I'm assuming it was part of the the monk master who trained you. Like training regiment. he would like hit the bell, and then you would have to perform the right way. And if you didn't, he probably beat you with a stick.
1: <laughs> and now you have. I'm, I'm the picturing the also stuff.
0: very long. There's always very long. Oscar.
1: Okay. So you have no money because we're saying that that cost the last view silver. Yes,
0: you are you are entirely destitute at the start mm-hmm. of play.
1: And you have, um, let's see, we just got, we started off with four bulk and two light. We picked up two five bulk and three, four, five light. All right.
0: All right. So that that's kind of it. We actually have just filled out most of the character. There's a few last minute details. Um we're now beyond the point where we need to, you know, pick gear or anything like that. The, let's, all all the let's main have character them pick choices, the last minute details. Yeah, that's what I was getting to. We we have a few here. Mm-hmm.
1: Um alignment.
0: Alignment. Not evil. We're, we're not we're not doing evil. Mm-hmm. Over here. Chaotic neutral. <laughs> Chaotic neutral. <laughs> of all
3: course, right. you just said Just, like, just like
1: yesterday. <laughs> yeah, and I and
0: I should note that uh that the monk no longer has any sort of alignment restriction. So that's removed fine. that. So mm-hmm. no worries there. Deity? Deity, Galarian Deity. Which one are we uh going with? Uh you know, I, I would I would call on someone, but that's kind of perfect. So uh
3: Caden it is. Character
0: name. Oh, Last gosh. but not least, character name Tumbles. Tumbles. <laughs>
2: so the, the, Yes.
1: The character is now ready for play, except, um, just like last time, why don't we give take two more quick steps so that you're also ready for Pathfinder Society if you want to go to the Sagamore and play there? Because there's only a little bit you have to do. Linda, can you talk about those last two decisions
3: yeah sounds good so within the pathfinder society there are six different factions that you can choose to have your character champion and you're not locked into this choice you can shift this around as you like but this sort of depends upon what is it that brought your character to the pathfinder society in the first place so if you pick the horizon hunters that means that perhaps you are someone who likes exploring and adventuring and making a big name for yourself If you like protecting and defending things and keeping them safe, which perhaps it was more what your ancestors did, then you might be more interested in the Vigilant Seal. Perhaps you're someone who likes looking out for your fellow Pathfinders and making sure that that they're taken care of, that they have the resources that they need and recruiting new people. That would be the Envoy's Alliance. Perhaps you're someone who is, those are our first of our three factions for the uh, three of our four factions for the major factions. Um, Perhaps you are someone who likes to make sure that all of the history is properly recorded and to learn from the lessons of the past and to help train up your new Pathfinders. That would be the Grand Archive Faction. We also have two smaller factions. Um, The Radiant Oath is all about championing the cause of good, which I'm not sure if a chaotic neutral character would be, but you can if you want. And we also have the Verdant Wheel, which is the nature faction all about the cycles of life, birth, death, creation, and destruction, however you want to interpret those. So which of those six factions, might we start off with a free boon that lets us earn our reputation with that faction? Yeah? Yeah. Grand Archives it is. All right.
1: And now for the last choice.
3: And now for the last choice, When we came up, this is going to determine what kinds of free stuff we get at the start of each adventure, or is going to give us some extra downtime to do more things between adventures. So are we somebody who went up through the society's standard training program? If we are, then we could focus in, we could focus in martial attacks with the swords. We could focus in magic with the spells, or we could focus on lore and knowledge with the scrolls. If we're not, we might be a field commission agent who just did something else that was awesome and then got recruited into the society from that. So what do we wanna be? Yeah? We are a field commission agent.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. There's no way this character went. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's what I figured, but I did want to ask. All right, we're a field commission agent. That means we're gonna get some extra downtime after each adventure. And downtime works just like it does in the in Pathfinder Society, just like it does in the game, where you can use it to uh, you can use it to earn some more money. You can use it to craft items. You can use it to retrain some of your character choices if you decide later on you want to switch those out.
0: Yeah. So with just all of that, we've uh, we've basically finished up this character. There really isn't too much left now. Yeah. That's it. That's right. So obviously we're we're pros, but but the process really is just that simple. Uh you walk through all the steps and by the time you're done, you got a character and you're ready to go. Um I think you will all find this to be a very smooth and easy character creation process. There's a lot in there to to absorb and a lot to learn and a lot to read about, but all things considered, it's a, it's a pretty easy process. Now, we still have uh, about 15 minutes before the end of this panel, so uh, I'd like to be able to open it up to questions from both uh, the room and from Twitch. So if you have a question, please line up behind the microphone. Understand that uh, if, uh, if you're asking a question, you will be on Twitch, so you know, be okay with that. Um, so if you'd like to line up at the microphone and ask your questions, go right ahead. Yes, I
1: was wondering:
0: Ah, leveling up. So whenever you level up, there's only a handful of things you have to do. Uh, The first thing you do is you check your class table. And your class table is going to tell you what new things you get. So at second level, you get every class gets a skill feat and a class feat. Now, picking skill feats is simple. You go back to the feats chapter where all the skill feats are. You look at the skills that you have. You pick something that you're qualified for. That's it. It's a pretty straightforward process. The class feat Uh, you look at your class feat list, and just like what we did here when we picked the uh, wolf stance, um, you would pick another class feat. Uh, The next thing you do is you give yourself uh, the new hit points for your level, which for a monk would be 10 plus uh, con again, and then you update all of your proficiencies. That's all you would do at second level. At later levels, you might get different things. You could get An ancestry feat at a level you can get a general feat you can get boosts to all of your ability scores and each class also has things that you just get automatically for being a member of that class so every time you go up in level you all of your numbers get a little better and you get some new uh options and choices to build into your character
1: plus if you could use the class feat instead of for a monk feat to buy a multi-class feat as well and become a Maybe you take some rogue for, for the thievery on this, on this monk and um, that'll give a bunch of extra skills and the ability to do a surprise attack on people and later a sneak attack. So. Uh, at level two, is um, Jason has said what happens at second level, in fact you get both of those kinds every even level um, for every class in the game and um, then some <laughs> classes get something else like rogues get a skill increase at second level.
3: And when you're second level, there's a whole another list of options that open up to you for your feet.
1: You could go back down because key rush or key strike could have been really good for this character. But you could take there are five more possibilities like dancing leaf and stunning fist that are out there. Uh, the only restriction on archetypes, other than any prerequisites they might have that, it, which is true for any feed, is that once you have entered an archetype or a multi-class. The first feat for it is called a dedication. Once you've done that, you need to take at least two more feats from that archetype or multi-class before you enter another archetype. Now, you may never plan on entering another archetype. You could stop there and just never do any archetypes again, go back to your class, that's fine. You you don't have to take three, but if you want to go to, if you're the monk and you want to be monk rogue, and then you want to also be fighter, and then you want to also be wizard, you have to stay a little while into each one before you go off into the other
3: one that's not an exaggeration in our in our home campaign we have a sorcerer multi into redeemer multi and bard and now monk so you it's can totally 14, do that but... level 14 character but
0: yeah you got a lot of spend spend a lot of your feats to get there but uh, mm-hmm. you can make it happen but
3: yeah. if you want to
1: do we have any from twitch Oh. oh, all right. <laughs> all right. Do we have
0: any other questions? You can also just ask general questions about the game. We're kind yeah, of okay it with that. Doesn't have to panel, be creating this panel. This panel opens up pretty quick, so yep. uh, whatever folks have, we're we're happy to answer.
1: They know everything. Maybe we should ask them some questions about. Uh... Mm-hmm. <laughs> can we have some distinction between like how something would be caught like flat footed? Uh, versus like what flanking is. So flanking makes something. Fl- if something is flanked, that means there's a creature on either side of them. They gain the flat-footed condition. But there are other ways as well. If you're not prone, you gain the flat-footed condition. If you're stunned, you gain the flat-footed condition. If we do take the thief mul- or the rogue multi-class with um. What is it? Tumbles for Scholar's <laughs> character, and then Tumbles goes first in, in before the enemies with the surprise attack ability. They're flat-footed. If you faint the uh, and successfully using your deception, they're flat-footed. There's there's actually a ton of ways to make creatures flat-footed in the game, and the Wolfjaw appreciates all of them, um, and will definitely. Wolfjaw, I think, can gain the trip um trait when they are already flat-footed, so you can put them on the ground to make sure they're flat-footed to everybody. It's a it's not too hard to get it.
0: Yeah. hmm From Angel Tarragon, what kind of content can we expect to see in the Game Mastery Guide? Uh so uh the Game Mastery Guide, which is going to be coming out uh at some point this winter, uh, is Meant to be kind of an uh, uh, incredibly valuable toolkit for Game Masters. It's going to include a lot of the rules to add new content to your game. So it's going to have the monster creation rules, it's going to have magic item creation rules. Um, all of those things are going to live in the Game Master Guide. It's also going to be filled with subsystems and alternate rules. So, uh, in terms of subsystems, we've got things like chase rules and victory point mechanics, and uh, I don't know what else.
1: There's um, chases, duels, there's oh, there's, um, there's yeah. going to be victory point mechanics like the influence system to yeah. be in there, um, stuff for vehicles, a lot of subsystems, <laughs> variant rules, like you said, yeah. um, because we built this game to be much easier to go in and mod your game and make adjustments. And so we have some pretty daring and big variant rules that are in there, and you'll see they only need a short description of what do you do, what does this do to your game, Unlike *An Unchained*, where they might have taken more pages to describe them, so Jason went through. There's advice, tools like building the, the characters, uh, or like building the NPCs and monsters, subsystems, variant roles, and then a big gallery of NPCs. Or if you need a tavern keeper or an evil mastermind or whatever you need, um, that's at the back. Um, so my friends and I have been talking about like, you know, guns in the setting and so on and how in Pathfinder 1 there was like, what, 8, nine ten gun archetypes, so every class could kind of use guns in different ways. And how to make a lot of central like guns are going to be an archetype like the Cavalier was in the playtest. Are there any other classes you think would kind of fit that paradigm as kind of a universal concept instead of being its own standalone class?
0: Well, I think the upside is even if we do make it its own standalone class, we're going to build a multi-class archetype for it. So it automatically kind okay. of becomes an archetype as well. Um. But, yeah, I mean, you know, looking at the classes we have in the game, I think we're going to be making some decisions about uh, all of the first edition classes and how those come together. Um, I think you uh, probably want to stick around for the panel after this, and you might hear some things. Uh, But, uh, uh, you know, I think we're going to look really hard at all of that content to find uh, out where its new home is. Now, there's a few that might not have a home at all, because we kind of ate their concept or made it a base part of the class, yeah. So, uh, but we'll see. Yeah.
1: And in general, I'm really excited about the fact that whether it's a class, multi-class archetype or another archetype, yes, we won't need to print 30 pages yes. of gunslinger variant archetypes. We can get all that in one page and then print 29 pages of other concepts for you guys. Or Extra make 10.
0: the one multi-class archetype 29 pages long.
1: Okay. Jason, Jason, we're not going to do that. We're not going to make a 29 page long. We might do 30 because it would be a full spread. Yeah, no, that's better. Okay. Uh.
0: <laughs> we have a question from Gefaldsbeller. Beller. Diabolic sorcerers get a bunch of spells with the evil tag. How does that interact with PFS?
3: Um, so the, um, so in terms of the spells with the evil tag and things like that, those are not, those are still legal spells to use in organized play. Um, there's only two options in the core rule Book that we even modified at all. Um, there's the, uh, connection skill feat, which is not available for organized play because it is, uh. It's a little bit GM discretion-y to say, oh, you have a contact in this area. And there's also the experienced smuggler um, skill feat where we just gave a little more guidance for what happens. What does it mean to earn more money with the underworld lore? But much like in um, how in in first edition we didn't jump into that in terms of saying, oh, well, you know, this is an evil spell and then we have to worry about with the character. It's more down to how are you using the spell as well? Um, because Pathfinder Society has the, the infamy system where if your character is behaving in an evil manner, then perhaps that reputation is going to follow them and um, and possibly cause them hindrance in the future. Just
1: don't multi-class into champion because you are violating the anathema every time. But it's not like you're going to become evil suddenly from casting one evil spell. Well, you have to
0: remember that those traits on those spells are there to help define how that Spell interacts with other things. It's not meant to be an all-encompassing. Every aspect of this is this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm fairly new to Pathfinder. I was just kind of wondering: is there some sort of
1: like, like if a paladin does something evil, do they become like fallen, or do their like stats change, or anything like that? So we we tried to make the system true to the story of the champion class, which includes paladin but also more flexible so you don't get stuck in a no-win situation between two of the tenets of your code. So, what we did is all of the three good champions have the following tenets of good. And you have tenets, they're in order. If you need to violate a lower tenet for a higher tenet, you can. not So The first tenet is you must never perform acts anathema to your deity or willingly commit an evil act such as murder, torture, or the casting of an evil spell, which is why I said don't multi-class champion if you've got a bunch of evil spells. Second tenet, you must never knowingly harm an innocent or allow immediate harm to one through inaction when you know you could reasonably prevent it. The tenet doesn't force you to take action against possible harm to innocents at an indefinite time in the future or to sacrifice your life to protect them. And then each of the Paladin, the Redeemer, and the Liberator add more to the end of that. So things Mm. that you might be familiar with from other games about uh, Paladins, such as you must act with honor, never take advantage of others, lie or cheat, and you must respect the lawful authority of legitimate leadership wherever you go and follow its laws, are added on for the Paladin. Mm. And they're added on at the end. What that means is if you go to a place where the law is you have to murder everybody you see and... uh, I don't know like do a bunch of other evil acts you don't ha- you don't immediately suddenly lose Because you can ignore that um, Respecting the laws and because that would force you to harm an innocent
3: How is there even a place that has a law that you have to murder everyone you see that even exists as a place? maybe
1: murder town Maybe it's murder all living creatures, and it's a country of undead
3: That is surprisingly reasonable answer to my troll Earth. question <laughs>
1: Two characters enter.
0: one character leaves. All right. um, uh, But I think his question was actually what happens if you violate your anathema.
1: Oh, so if you violate your anathema, then you are going to lose a bunch of your stuff. You lose your focus pull, which is what you use to cast your lay on hands. And you lose your divine ally, which is the special spirit that is with you that buffs your sword, your shield, or your steed until you demonstrate your repentance by conducting an atoned ritual. You keep all other abilities um, that don't require any of those three things, which is actually, you do keep a surprising amount, including some magical abilities, but you lose three really useful pieces of your class. Well,
0: and worse still, like, you get class features later that key into that div- that like blade ally or steed ally, so you would lose those right, as well. because they require them.
1: And it's possible if you fall from the paladin cause... By not being lawful enough, but your deity allows redeemers that you could actually atone into being a redeemer and just change over and be like, well, I'm not lawful enough to do that acting with honor thing, but I could totally do, I must try to redeem others first and show compassion for others.
3: How would you build
0: a kineticist with the current available options?
1: Well, Jason, did that ever get up, the conversion guide? It's still not up. It's still uh, not up, so... Or at least I couldn't find it. Uh, I mean, the easiest way is an elemental sorcerer with the current options because it's the elemental bloodline once per fight. Uh, essentially, if you refocus afterwards, can start throwing out some elemental blasts. They get a bunch of other spells. They've got primal magic. They even can do some healing, like some of the kineticists could do. So if you just want to do it out of the core... An elemental sorcerer is a really good choice
0: yeah you can keep a lot of the same character concept even if the mechanics aren't quite what you had before but yeah you'll find that with all the conversions that uh you know it's a if it's of a class that doesn't exist yet in the new version of the game we tried to give you some advice about how you can get as close to it conceptually as possible even if mechanically you can't quite get there yet so uh that conversion guide should be going up uh here very soon. Anytime now. <laughs> yeah. All right. And I see with that that we're at about time. I want to make sure that the room gets a chance to clear for the next seminar to come in here. So I want to thank you all for coming. I hope that you make many, many Pathfinder 2 characters uh, in the coming weeks and months and enjoy the game. Thank you, everybody, and have a great Gen Con. Bye, Twitch.
2: Bye. All
1: right. Let's all sign.
2: Hello and welcome back to Gen Con 2019's Paizo Seminar coverage. That was just making your first Pathfinder Pi- 2nd Edition character. M- I'm here with Mark Softer. Hey, welcome back, Mark. Thanks. It's-
1: I'm glad to be back here. You've done these making character things a lot. That's true, actually, right? Because I did the making character on the Paizo Seminar. Right, on the with, with you and Ryan right. on No Direction. Right. Then the other one. Yep. Then now this one. So, so far we've made. I personally have now made uh, the Rogue for you guys, yep. a Bard for both uh, Peyton and for um, Zachary on right. one of the other streams, and mm-hmm. then this Monk for Skylar. So. Yeah.
2: I hope Skylar likes his Tumbling Dwarf Monk. It actually seems like really fun. It seems like unless you're intentionally trying very hard to make a bad character, it's hard to make a bad character. And you saw, I, I stopped
1: the one thing that could yeah. have been a monkey wrench, which was taking a stance. Even then, it wouldn't have been bad. You just would have wasted that feat and just not gone into the stance. But taking a stance that uses strength only on a character that had 12 strength. Probably wouldn't have been um, very useful.
2: So, you've made a whole other path on your first edition characters. Probably oh, yeah. a bunch of Starfinder characters.
1: I've made fewer of Starfinder because I was working so in depth on on mm-hmm. second edition that I made what? ones in like ten different betas that were before the first playtest <laughs> that you made. <laughs>
2: And, of course, you've probably made a ton of 2nd Edition
1: characters. Oh, yeah, I've made a good number of them, right. too.
2: So what do you notice as you're working with people like us, laugh-alouds, up on our streams and the public sure. here, when you're making these characters, have you noticed any trends or how people are making designing characters or what kind of choices they're making that is different from 1st Edition?
1: So one thing that I've definitely noticed, um, mm-hmm. as Linda mentioned on the stream before, is that there's definitely a lot of more... What I'll call whimsical multi-classing, and whimsical. by that I mean sort of like this is part of my character, and oh, I just I'll just take a, some a, some feats in this class. Right. Whereas in first edition, like the opportunity cost was so enormous mm-hmm. that you had to think about it. Or if you were whimsical, right. you would be cured of that whimsy almost immediately as the system beat you over the head right. for deciding. Oh yeah, I'll take. Uh, I'll take a level in Bard for my Cleric Fighter.
2: Oh, of course. You know, that just naturally matches up. Like, unless you've got some some permanent, like, like a care op guide you're following that's going to result in some plus sure. 48 skill. Bonus you find a life. weird Bard archetype yeah.
1: that at first level trades away all the performances per plus 50 to something. Or I don't know about that. But in the second edition, I don't know for sure yet how the monk part is going to turn out of that right. character Linda mentioned. That's the uh-huh. Sorcerer Champion um, Bard Monk, but the Sorcerer Champion Bard part of it is all very, very effective because Champion Redeemer gives a Champion's reaction that protects the party, mm-hmm. um, and Bard gives an Inspire Courage for the team. So they could Inspire Courage, Disintegrate, um, and it's one more damage and one more accuracy for the Disintegrate, and then wow. use Champion's reaction to protect the party. And use land hands to heal when they don't need inspire courage with the um, with the champions. So it really actually blends together well. I feel like monk is probably going to be for flurry of blows later on to get okay. the double attack. Right. But. That seems like a lot of actions for the for their turn, but I think the player has something in mind. They've just gotten monk dedication like recently in the game at 14th level, so I'll see how that goes.
2: But what you're showing me is actually a very compelling argument against a lot of the worries that was put in place about second edition that you wouldn't be able to do these delicate carrot builds that a lot of us in the Pathfinder community really love, love theory crafting. But if you're putting together that many different classes and it's all becoming effective and working together, then it seems like Second Edition has just as many opportunities to really play with the math.
1: It has. It has more. Really. But yeah, it has more. But just like we talked about in this in in the stream there, like if we can make one page of gunslinger archetype that works for everybody right. instead of thirty pages of different archetypes, right. it has more than any individual character can take. There is a difference though, which is that. Everyone in the party has complimented that multi-class character mm-hmm. on when she saved their butts with the reactions or had just the right stuff. Mm-hmm. But also there have been times when we've been looking at it and it's like, oh, there were good sorcerer feats she could have taken that she doesn't have that another sorcerer might have. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a lot of good, whereas in first edition it's possible to build a multi-class build that is just so full of powerful options that it's annihilating everything and you're like, oh no, I shouldn't have gone single class. I did some weird dips. So it's actually a a lot more of like, oh yeah, there's amazing things we can do with this intricate build. There's amazing things you can do if you want to do a straightforward build. They're both good at different things and based on what you want to play. It's the story of your character, the personalization, both mechanical and from from the perspective of the lore. Whereas in first edition, you better be making that multi-class Mostly from a mechanical perspective. The lore follows after. How many of the paladins you've seen in first edition were raised by Faye in the middle of the woods, which is a weird <laughs> background for a paladin, but somehow it's like eighty percent of them because Faye right. Foundling was mechanically drastically powerful for them.
2: Or like uh, Jason Bowman has said before, is like evidently like two thirds of society characters were beaten at home by their family right. because they
1: weren't reactioning. The only ones that weren't were the ones who had such a strong magical lineage right. that their families <laughs> packed them over to Minaten Archipelago <laughs> to train with the Wyang spell hunters. And ninety percent of those people don't know where Minata is, even though they spent years of their life training there. They're like, What's Minata? What's the Wyang? I don't know. But I apparently trade with them. Excellent. Well, I've got to, we've got to get ready for the
2: next panel. This all is right. the twenty nineteen and beyond panel, the one that a lot of you all have. Oh, been this is for. the one to watch. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to get ready for that. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you for all these panels. We definitely are enjoying it. And all of y'all stay tuned. Even after this panel, we've got some more great content. And then all day tomorrow, we've got some more great content here. Because here, we con when you can't. And that was part of No Direction's 2019 Gen Con seminar coverage in partnership with Paizo. If you'd like to find more great content like this, go to nodirectionpodcast.com. We'd like to thank our Patreon supporters for making content like this possible. If you would like to support the network and see that future content is created, you can do so at patreon.com slash
3: nodirection or click on the Patreon link at NoDirectionPodcasts.com.